Okay. Right. Hello everybody. This is Ian along and this is as promised we have a special guest. He is the 1991 world champion in public speaking and he's a veteran member of Toastmasters International. I hope the veteran word doesn't offend anyone here. <laughs> anyway, <No>. and, <laughs> okay. And he's also a member of the Air Force Academy. Huha. Oh, no, that's the Marines. <laughs> okay, thank you. Ladies and gentlemen, Dave Ross. Woo. Hi, Dave. Hi, Ed. How are you? All right. So, Dave had given us the brief opportunity to ask him questions because, Dave, this is a show that I only limit this show for only 30 minutes. And this is just a quick breeze to you. So, Dave... Uh, tell me something about your leadership uh, leadership trail. How did you start? Uh, uh, interesting. Leadership trail is, is interesting. Um, sadly, it began as a child. <laughs> I, <laughs> I, in school, I was elected to various positions in, in school leadership. And... Here's the sad thing about this, why I say it's sad. When I was in high school, I was a student body president and I was president of my class and all of that sort of thing. I thought I knew a lot about leadership, but I didn't know anything. As you <laughs> said, I did go to the Air Force Academy after graduating from high school. And there I learned a lot, a lot about leadership. Uh, and, in various environments. In fact, it was a leadership laboratory for four years. It was learning different aspects, both as someone who followed and someone who led, someone who tried, someone who made mistakes. And then when I graduated, I thought I knew a lot about leadership and I didn't know anything. <laughs> and then while I was in the Air Force, I of course had leadership thrust upon me Mm -hmm. And again, I thought over the years, I would learn a lot about leadership. And the one thing I learned is that it's, it's a constant study because what you're dealing with are people and situations and trying to motivate, direct, help people to come together for a common objective. But whenever you deal with more than one person, you're dealing with more than one personal objectives. And one of the great things that Toastmasters has done is it allows me to, or it has allowed me to see leadership up close and personal again in a variety of environments. Well, um, yeah. well, um, You mentioned Toastmasters International. Uh, the takeaway for this statement of Dave is that leaders or leader, the leader mentality is we always do not know anything. <laughs> yes. Uh, yes. That, that's it. But wait, uh, about Toastmasters International Air Force Academy. Air Force Academy, military tradition, conformity, and Toastmasters International. Tell me about it. How did you reconcile it? Well, the thing, of course, that, that drew me to Toastmasters was public speaking more than the leadership track of Toastmasters. 
the communication side of it, and which is a very, it's a fundamental element of leadership, of being able to connect and communicate. What I've come to study through, through both Toastmasters and my own personal growth is that different environments and different situations call for a leader to adapt. Let me, let me give you an example of one of the small things I've learned about, and this is communication and leadership, is that in traveling in different places around the world and dealing with different people, different cultures, we all have what is a comfortable distance to be close to someone. Okay. Coming from the Western part of the United States, we have a big bubble. We want want a lot of space between us and a person we're talking to. As you move farther east, they get closer. And in other countries outside the United States, again, people have different positions. In Europe, they get very close and things of that nature. Of course, COVID has changed all that. We're, we're now yeah. communicating by Zoom. But, yeah. but for purpose of this discussion, again, people have different focus. And I learned that because I'm dealing with people from different cultures and different environments, for me to plant myself and let the individual I'm talking to set his or her distance where they are comfortable. Wait, to wait, speak to. wait, do you say distance? Isn't it, yes. uh, is it a contrary? Uh, can you elaborate more on this, the distance okay. part? Because you mentioned the distance, but oh, this, uh, yes. Uh, for instance, Coming from California, we might like a meter between us and another person. We got big gestures, and we're we're a Western part of the United States, so we want a bigger distance. When you, by the time you get to New York, they're a half meter, and they're comfortable. Okay. <laughs> by the time by the time you get to Italy, they're they're a lot closer. So <laughs> they're comfortable. Yeah, and, I can feel that because I went to. I went to Travis Air Force Base. Yes, yes. It's so much. <laughs> and I yes. went to the Bay Area, the Bay Area, yes. Vacaville. I went to Vacaville. I, I know yes. what you're saying. And then going to East. And then here's the thing. He, Dave Ross mentioned New York. I will mention to you Hong Kong. <laughs> oh, yes. yes. There you go. <laughs> Hong Kong is too close. <laughs> okay, so kindly elaborate it further. Okay, so so the point is, I learned to plant myself and let the other person adjust, and then I would I would know that they were comfortable, and that was important. I would I could adjust. It may seem too close to me, but if that's how close they like to communicate, it worked well. And a little thing like that allowed me to adjust and still communicate and connect in the same way that I would, I wanted to. Mm-hmm. Leaders quite often will say, this is the way I lead. I lead in a, in a more authoritarian, a more laissez-faire style. And that might be perfect for that one environment and for one group of people, but it may not work in others. I had greater authority in the Air Force because of position and rank to instruct a team to do something. No authority through Toastmasters other than <laughs> we have 
hopefully we have a common goal of achieving something. <laughs> so I learned things by watching different leaders. One of the greatest leaders I have ever seen was a woman by the name of Barbara Dillon. Oh, she was back in those days, we had governors instead of directors. She was the district director for District 16 in Oklahoma. And Barbara Dillon was a little petite woman. And the first time I saw her, I said to myself, this can't be real. Nobody is that sweet. She was just big old smile, very sweet. And I said, ah, nobody could be that sweet. And then when I got to know her, I was right. She wasn't that sweet. She was sweeter. Oh, <laughs> that's the element was, of surprise. Yes, she was really a, just the nicest, most loving and giving person. And she used that in her leadership style because she would always put the other person, let them know how much she valued them. She had tremendous respect for everybody she met. And it's hard to imagine, I, I can't imagine someone who didn't just love this woman. And she used that as her way of motivating people towards a common good. Wow. She, she, because she, you knew that she liked you. You knew that she had your interest in mind. And why wouldn't she ask you to do something? And the other thing was, she put tremendous faith in your ability. She said, okay. I know you can do this. Maybe you didn't think you could. How wonderful things. Well, uh, coming from, uh, th this interested me uh, when, when you mentioned the military tradition. And then you came upon a director slash governor that is a woman and sweet. You adjust. Yeah. You adjusted big time. <laughs> yes. Yes. Now, I'm, I'm not sweet and I'm not a woman. Well, maybe I'm a little sweet. <laughs> but I, I'm nothing like Barbara Dillon. But the takeaway was that there are many ways to lead. And among them is, is a very caring, loving mom. I, I've also known some, some outstanding leaders in the military. The common thread was, for me, the common takeaway is I've known military leaders. I remember when I was in the Air Force, there were two squadrons. Okay. Both had very smart, very capable squadron commanders. And they were both, their, their squadrons worked together. They had the same mission. One squadron commander would deliver bad news, whatever it is. So we have to, I don't know, we have to work three weeks straight, no breaks, whatever it was. And the squadron would go, okay, let's do that. Yeah, okay. The other squadron commander would deliver the same news. They'd say, oh, darn, he's all oh, no, like that guy. Oh. And I, I, I mean, I would see this because I worked between the both of those squadrons. This guy did say, same message, same message, same message, two different reactions. And the reason was, and this is key, this key to their leadership styles and Barbara Dillon is the people they were leading felt that the leader, the squadron commander or the district governor or district director was thinking of them. If a leader thinks 
is able to communicate to the team that my reason for these ideas are for the benefit of the organization and each individual. And I have faith in each individual, people to do all, anything. But if they assume that I want you to do that so I look great, or you do it because I told you to, uh, there's grumbling and rumblings of mutiny and other things. <laughs> uh, mutiny. <laughs> I've heard it again. <laughs> well, again, and I love Toastmasters because it's a, it's a voluntary organization. People pay to belong. As you rise through the ranks in, in Toastmasters, they double your pay every time you get a new job. So, you know, when you're, you're a club president, then become a, an area director and a division director, they double your pay every time. We all know that. And two times zero is zero. <laughs> oh, by the way, I, I was recently, uh, I will be the incoming area director. Oh, congratulations. <laughs> thank you. And thank you. you will be a good one. And the reason I know that is because I know you and the, the impression you give is not someone who isolates solely on the mission, but somebody who thinks things out and is very connected and caring about people. Oh, thank you very much. Yeah, without being sweet. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's not that's what my trait. I'm the, my wife is the one who is sweeter than I am. Yes, see, <laughs> and, and, but you balance that out. But the point I'm trying to make is you don't have to. The thing, I, the takeaway I learned is a leader thinks about the mission and thinks about the people. And depending on the situation, sometimes the mission is, you know, the military, sometimes the mission is a little bit more important than the people. The Toastmasters, it's all about the people, but you've got to get that mission done, whatever it is. It is to increase membership, uh, to increase uh, educational awards. You've got to help people do that. And the neat thing about an organization like Toastmasters is it's easy to convince them this is in your interest. This is in your interest towards becoming a DTM or this is in your interest for your club to have more members and make them feel welcome. It's very easy in some ways to communicate that. Now, I know you've probably seen it. I've seen it people who were less effective as leaders for one reason or another. Um, I have been less effective and more effective depending on the situation as a leader. But the thing is within the organization, like Toastmasters, a voluntary organization, uh, you have to let people know really to be truly effective, let them know that you care about the individual and their advancement is fundamental to why you are asking for these goals and achievements. And Dave, uh, take, uh, speaking of communication, um, you, you mentioned about those masters, you mentioned about communication. Right now, there is such a thing called COVID-19 and we are doing a specific sort of physical distancing. Yes. Uh, 
what the big big event being a uh, season i do not want to mention the veteran again but <laughs> 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 being a season toastmaster or being season organization member slash leader what dynamics have you incorporated uh in this time of uh pandemic yes well for instance like this this interview this is this is great we can connect this way across oceans across continents and that's one of the the great things about <laughs> the pandemic is we've discovered this technology that has been here for quite a while but we have made a great use of it and toastmasters are becoming experts at how to use zoom and other technologies to connect The other thing that it has allowed us to do is work on, again, crossing those cultures. We don't have to worry about physical connections, you know, how close we are. If you're a meter or half a meter or closer <laughs> to, to somebody. But what we do have to do, or what we learn to do, is find ways to come on that common ground. And the good thing about this is that when we do this, there aren't a lot of differences. I, I can talk to you, I can talk to somebody in Vietnam or India or Saudi Arabia or Germany or China. And as long as we have a common language, our ability, our, our, our level of communication remains the same. But what it does, it also provides a window into your world. Because I have to think, what is what is five o'clock p.m. in Philippine time? What is it in my time? <laughs> GMT um, plus. <laughs> right. Yeah. So figuring all those things out, uh, and it's been outreach. My, I've been in, to various clubs, and a lot of Toastmasters have been globetrotting. I have a friend who has a goal to go to every single district in Toastmasters. And you and I know that's a lot. Yeah. <laughs> I think he's going to get it done. He's made the most out of our situation. <laughs> the other thing, um, another friend suggested this to Toastmasters in China early on when they were first hit. And then he's kind of reverberated that message to Toastmasters around the world is, This is our opportunity as Toastmasters to provide motivation, support, and connect with our gift for speaking. Uh, this is, and I'm not necessarily talking about a, totally avoiding issues of politics, but yes, avoid issues of politics if you can, if in areas where there can be contention. But we have a voice to speak encouragement, support. We can thank our first responders. We can provide advice and information. We can we can use our skill, and we can use a video medium to record those and share those on social media, uh, just like your podcast. <laughs> yeah, thank you very much, Dave, for that. For uh, I, I have not I have not uh, mentioned this, but thank you very much for coming into my podcast show. Uh huh. And um, I really appreciate it. And um, if I mentioned to you, 75% of my audience are from your from your side of the world, actually. Oh, really? 
Wow. Yeah, baby, that's uh, that's a surprise because uh, well, and only 20% is in the Philippines. <laughs> surprise. <Wow. laughs> and the thing is that my demographics is the demographics is I'm I usually got, get the audience of 60 to uh, 35 years old. Wow. <laughs> wow, that's interesting. Yeah, that's that interesting. 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 But oh. now, speaking of which, uh, communication or leadership, mm, since you have mentioned Toastmasters again and again, there is a typical stereotype for Toastmasters that we are just a bunch of people who just talk and talk and talk. <laughs> what can you say about that? Or what is your pitch against that? Well, okay, first of all, we do talk. But I think that the thing that really makes some great Toastmasters is their ability to listen. When I was in high school again, I, it was the first time I went to a Toastmasters club and now you'll learn how ancient I truly am. That was the first Toastmasters meeting I attended was in the <laughs> fall of 1971. <laughs> yes, yes. Now. The biggest big challenge to get to the meeting before the dinosaurs ate you. Yeah, that was the first thing. But but the other thing is that during that time in America, we were very divided. A lot of the things were happening in politics and in society that just just polarized us quite a bit. But in that club, there were people who had different views on the right and the left. Make love that war. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> who came together, supported, respected, and listened to people who had opposing points of view. That is still the same. People listen. Among my my favorite people, people and best friends in life are people with whom I disagree on a lot of things. <laughs> and And they will tell you if you ask them how wrong I truly am. <laughs> <laughs> But the fact is, I've learned to respect them, and it's it's one of those things that I, I seek out sometimes people with whom I can disagree agreeably. Um, sometimes it works better than others, but sometimes it works really well. A friend of mine just recently in social media made a, a statement that I disagreed with. Mm -hmm. And he laid it out for me in quite a way that gave me great insight and appreciation. And I thought, you know, from from his perspective, putting myself in his shoes, looking things through things through his eyes, you know, I gained even greater respect for him because it was a courageous point of view to have. Not mine, not one that I necessarily agree with, but I respect the the courage it would take for him to make such a statement and make such a commitment. Uh, that's. I, I think so many times we try to convince somebody to that they're wrong and that I'm right. And over the years, I've now I'm not always great at this, but I, I've gotten better. There are times that I have said something, thinking again, fully believing that I'm correct, and sometimes hoping that I'm wrong. You know. <laughs> Also, appreciating the fact that just because I think it's so, 
it doesn't mean that I'm I'm right. And just because you and I agree, disagree rather, doesn't mean that either one of us is wrong or mm-hmm. right. Yes. Perspective. Respect. Listening that Toastmasters do better than any other group. Some are better at it than others, but but by and large, because we have to evaluate the speech, not the speaker, help them deliver their message, not my message, that you have to pay attention and listen. But that you mentioned evaluate the speech, not the speaker. Yes. Is this statement relevant outside organization, outside this organization? Yes, it is relevant because it means you're listening. And that how can you uh, can you kindly elaborate this? Because when people some nowadays people stay uh, assess a statement because of the speaker, not of the statement uh-huh. itself. Kindly mention how important this this uh, this statement is. It it is extremely important in our very diverse and complex society. Uh, right now, it's and I know everybody everybody is experiencing COVID nineteen in one way or another. Mm-hmm. Everyone on planet Earth. There are a group of people who are totally denying it. It doesn't exist. It just it's, it is a, a scam. It's a fraud. <laughs> and they were, okay. are they wearing pyramid and stuff like that? <laughs> <laughs> yes. Occasionally, I have been less than kind to some people. I said, I think your aluminum hat is showing. <laughs> okay, go on, go on. Uh, uh, and, the, and then there are people who are totally into the science. There's a lot of different information that goes around rumors, some fact, and a lot of things that are that are being said. But we are all experiencing it together. But we're experiencing it together in our own little houses, in our own little rooms, in our own little communities, our own little nations. And we think there is a tendency to think that that's it. Now, as we can connect, And we connected face to face before there was Zoom. Okay. Uh, yes. Uh, before uh, we continue, let me explain to you to, for the benefit of the audience. Dave and I met back in 2014 when he visited the Philippines, and it was seven o'clock in the evening, Wednesday. Seven o'clock in the evening, one of the clubs, and he evaluated my speech on uh, the boy who drew cats. Yes. Uh, and then uh, he gave me a peek of how storytelling must go on and how storytelling should be and that catapulted my journey and I became and storytelling had been my brand ever since thank you very much Dave really? well yes that's really quite a nice thing to say yes and um, going back to how important The, going back to what the question, how important it is to assess the statement itself rather yes. than the speaker. So anyway, the point I'm trying to make is this: we're really in some ways dealing with life and death situations here. So it's very important that when you make a statement of some sort now, because we, we really are, are isolated, can be very isolated in this environment, that I want to let you know that I've 
heard what you said. I, I value your perspective. And I want to help understand your message. And when you say, well, because you are fill in the blank here, tall, short, young, old, Asian, American, black, white, whatever, I view your message in this category. You're not hearing the message. Uh And I saw that from the people who followed. Remember I mentioned those two squadrons? Yes. One squadron commander already had this great halo effect of being such a great guy. The other guy had a negative halo effect of not being such a great guy. They deliver the same message with the same motivation, actually, because I knew them both. And I knew that they both were really were good guys, but one came off as not being so good, not so approachable. The other one came off as being such a good guy and being approachable. You know, so they people viewed the message in different lights. This is why the assumption is this is why they said what they said without really knowing. Unless, you know, unless they told them, okay, I'm telling you this because it will make me help me get promoted. Or I'm telling you this because I love you all. We just assume things. So the message itself is important. Who they are, where they come from, what their political affiliation is, what the religious affiliation is, is a value. But listening to the message and understanding the message allows you to, to communicate and not and get a little closer, not physically, but metaphorically, to where they are. So you can plant yourself listen to the message and then understand what what the message is now if you're able to communicate your understanding or get ask questions care clarifications then they come closer and closer metaphorically speaking to where you are and where you can actually share ideas now dave uh, that is such an expiring you Uh, what resonated with me is your statement you should plant yourself and listen you mentioned you begin mentioning the word planting yourself by the distance Mm -hmm. and then you plant yourself to get closer to other people Uh, you made that uh, full circle speech now I'm an evaluator evaluator (laughs) anyway uh, before what is your any uh, statement uh, before we end this uh, episode Uh, well in the area of leadership I, I, I want to talk about my personal journey I have been without any degree of modesty whatsoever I've been a great leader and I've been a crummy leader <laughs> and, and I have uh, been up and down the spectrum of where that's been. I, I think the important thing, the most important thing I learned as a young man was that I knew nothing about leadership and it's a constant, continual journey of trying to improve. What are the results? And recovering from times I've been a crummy leader and not Enjoying the moment when I've been great, a great leader, but realizing that there's always another mountain to climb. 
there is an always uh, there will always be another mountain to climb the leaders will always have the desire to learn because they always think that they know nothing so that they will learn again and again and by doing so the first step is to plant yourself on the plant yourself if ever some people to a safe space and then until you get closer to people now that how, that is how i wrap up the takeaways on your on this interview this is so uh, value adding dave and i really enjoyed this uh, conversation and i enjoyed I, it too thank you so much yes and thank you very much everybody for listening uh, thank you very much for listening to dave ross 1990 uh, 1991 world champion in public speaking and a leader a clammy leader and a, a good leader all in one <laughs> and thank you very much again for everybody who listened to this po- podcast and uh, by the way Dave do you have a podcast or a show that you want to promote here? Oh sadly not yet I'm in fact at the beginning of the pandemic I had some great plans to put some things together it's coming soon and I'll tell you what I'll, I'll announce it on your show too or ask you to give me a plug <laughs> yes sure sure that that is the that is, that is the thing about my podcast this is uh i i welcome free plugging the <laughs> no, ad, advertising so that's it thank you very much everybody this thank is you. ian along and dave frost thank you very much for allowing yourself to be tag along good day right.